Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. I'm sitting here with Katie Zaccardi, who is an incredible coach, and she does something very unique, which I was like, I need, I need somebody to come talk about this. She helps musicians. She actually coaches them to not only grow their businesses, share their music, all of those things, but actually really help with kind of this development of self. Um, her and I met several years ago. We, I think we decided it was like two or three. We're not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't even know what year it is. 2020, I, like, I know, I was like that it exists in my brain. So I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I count time, 2020 did not exist, which makes it very confusing when I say how many years ago. Yeah. Um, but she is an incredible musician herself, but saw this need within the industry of all of these artists and musicians and, and people like that were really suffering from a lot of burnout. They're putting all their music out and things like that, but really not seeing the traction, really not seeing the income. And she was like, I can help you. So thank you so much, Katie, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk today. So I, I always like to kind of start and give people a little bit of a history and a background of like, okay, how did you obviously like playing music and things like that. You're like, oh, okay. But she actually does a lot of work with nonprofits and stuff like that. She is such a diverse person. And so I think it's so unique what you do, um, especially in this particular industry. I feel like a lot of times you hire mentors or producers or things like that, but what you do, I think is so much more valuable. So can you give us a little bit of a history of like, how did you get to this point? For sure. So like I grew up musician, theater kid, yada, yada, yada. I went to um, NYU for music business and that's where I really studied the music industry and I studied like uh, how to operate in it and so many different facets of it. And I also started, officially started my indie artist career there. So I was writing songs and once I uh, began NYU, I like put a band together. I started performing around the city, releasing music, doing PR, like doing everything as an indie artist. So when I graduated, I initially wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but at that time in my life, I had begun to struggle with anxiety and it was something that um, I had like struggled with for probably two years before I was actually diagnosed. And then once I was diagnosed, I had to figure out how to operate within it. You know, I was given very little support by doctors aside from like, oh, maybe try like cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, but um, no other real resources or support or anything like that. So... I, um, I basically just decided I don't have a job after graduating, so I'm gonna keep doing the job that I had been doing in college, and what else could I be doing? And I was like, if I had my yoga teacher training right now, I could be teaching yoga and be making some extra cash. So, funny enough, I was just, like, looking for yoga teacher trainings because the thought came in my brain, and I found one that started... Um, in September, like right after my lease in the city finished, 
in the right above the music school that I took music lessons in as a kid. So I was like, this is a sign. I got to do this. And I did. And then I ended up getting a job in music publishing a couple weeks later. So the timing was like very much divine. It all worked out. So fast forward, I was working in music publishing. At this time, I was also still continuing with my indie artist career. And I was working with a nonprofit called Women Crush Music, which was for women songwriters to find community, to have gigs, events, educational events in the city. So I was doing a ton of stuff to run that. Um, and you know, still learning to balance anxiety. Like I basically went through this whole process at one time I had like seven jobs. So how to manage my time, how to manage my energy, my anxiety, stay healthy, all of this stuff. And I got to a point where I was feeling really sick from basically working at the job that I was at. Like I had (laughs) migraines every day. I didn't, I hated going in to a job and sitting at a desk for eight hours. I hated like I liked my job, but I didn't like working for other people. Like I was always doing my other stuff on the side because it just lit me up more. So I just, I was like, I need to do my own thing. I knew from the moment I graduated, I needed to do my own thing, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And then somebody was like, why don't you start coaching? So I thought, all right, good idea. What do I want to coach on though? You know, I could do social media or press or these like, you know, catchy things at the time especially but I was like I feel really called to help women through their journeys with mindset and wellness because I wasn't seeing anybody doing that I had to struggle by myself I learned all these tools and I wanted to help women be able to you know overcome it as well so that's how it started and you know fast forward Uh, Now I really do more business strategy, but with a heavy emphasis on mindset and uh, wellness in the sense that like I'm all about creating sustainable music business because you don't want to burn out. Obviously, mindset and wellness are a huge part of that. Plus the strategy, that's what's going to bring you to success, because if you're out of balance in any of those areas, then you you're going to burn out. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to self-sabotage. All of those things are going to go awry. So right now I I do just that and I help musicians uh, and mostly multifaceted musicians. And what I mean by that is they're people who have multifaceted businesses. They're musicians and coaches or and teachers. Um, So they have businesses that have multiple different lanes and avenues. And we help, I help them to grow that and make more money. That is like, so so interesting to like, listen to you hear, listen to you hear, listen to you say, like how everything like just trickles down, like naturally you're like, okay, I'm going to make next right decision, next right decision, next, yep. you know, what feels right next totally, and what that leads up to. Um, and part of the reason that I wanted to bring you on is because I, um, being in the healing industry, I end up with a lot of kind of clients that are, you know, healers, they are yoga teachers, they yeah. are, you know, different modalities and stuff like that, personal trainers and stuff like that in wellness and, and stuff. But in the, the creative industries, it's often like, and I feel like you could agree, like, it's very hard for people to charge their worth. Yes. Very like, so. it's crazy that people do not think that they are worthy of that money, that just because their innate talent you know, is painting that they shouldn't sell that painting or they shouldn't sell that song for thousands, thousands of dollars. Um, Do you, I I feel like you can kind of explain that a little bit more. Do you feel like that comes up a lot for a lot of your clients or 
what do you kind of see in regards to that? Big time. I mean, it's interesting because, so when I first started, there were the coaching programs that existed and the one we did, like it was very much like teaching people, teaching coaches, right? Teaching wellness coaches, fitness coaches, whatever, from a former fitness coach. And there were no people who were in the music industry who actually got it. And I always felt like I would have to explain to all of the coaches who were coaching me on my business, you don't understand. The music industry is a different breed. People here, they think they're so broke. They are like committed to being broke. Every time I get on a call or a sales call or try to pitch, money is like the objection I get all the time. And it was so frustrating because it was like, I know this exists everywhere else. And I feel as if the music industry just took it to a freaking new level. Because to be quite honest, it did. Like, it really did. I mean, um, and, and so as a coach, like starting my business, I experienced a lot of objections around money. And then when I would still sign clients, of course, otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I would have quit probably. But, um, but like once we would, I would start working with my clients, even in the wellness days, money was always one of the biggest stressors that came up because I, it has to do with so many things. One of them is like point blank financial literacy. Like a lot of people just don't understand how money works or how to save money. Or like, I had a lot of people who like didn't understand how like credit card works or interest and stuff like that. And I feel like that's so important because of course, if you don't understand money in general, you're not gonna feel confident spending it or making it. Um, another is this idea of like the broke musician or like the starving artist stereotype that yes. really like is perpetuated in the industry. And even like it, that goes beyond the music industry, but if you're seeing this and you know, it, it has to do with art too. Like I think a lot of artists will think like I have to struggle for my art, whether that means suffering emotionally or suffering financially. It's like this idea that like, if you're happy, you can't make good art. So something has to give. Right. And if you, if you're doing well in other areas or maybe you're not, but you still just feel like, Oh, I have to be broke in order to like make good art. No shit. That's going to hold you back. And it's a terrible thing that it's gone this far with the stereotypes and with sort of just like allowing, I would say with the lack of support and mindset education and support to allow people to see, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. And I actually can change the story here and change the system that I'm operating in. Uh, and then some of it is just like lack of confidence and lack of skills, you know, not feeling confident being able to charge your worth, not feeling confident being able to say that you charge your worth or sell to people. Um, there's a lot of, uh, in every industry, like I'm sure everyone listening to this agrees that like, there's a lot of people in general who are like the sleazy sales coach or like using, think of like a sleazy car salesman or the guy who's like standing on the beach or his pool house being like you want this you can have it like you know it's oh my gosh I love that imagery <laughs> <laughs> like you always see it where it's like you just not trying hard enough you just have to like work harder and do these three things I'm gonna tell you to do for fifty thousand dollars and then you'll be successful and nobody likes that nobody wants that and so it's like it's very much internalized of like I can't be that which means I can't sell at all or I can't even charge money you know I, I'll hear a lot of like I just love what I do so I don't I feel weird charging more for it which sucks because 
you should get paid your worth for what you're doing, even if you love it. Like, yes, you should love it and you should get paid for it. It shouldn't have to be an either or situation. So there's a lot there, (laughs) as you can see. But yeah, it's a very like multifaceted uh, issue, if you will. And I think there's a lot of things that hold people back and a lot of um, music industry specific, especially, but really it goes beyond that stereotypes, beliefs, mindset stuff that needs to be shifted and squashed in order to really move forward. Yeah. Is that what's interesting is I, I love that you said like we buy into this, like, yeah. At what point did we buy into that? We have to suffer. And that truly is a belief. Yeah. Like you have to suffer in order to create something great. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be sacrifice and it's like, it doesn't always have to be like feeling suffering and stuff like that is a choice. Yeah. It's a choice to feel like what, what suffering is to one person is not to another. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're actively choosing that. I, I feel like until I can't create this great amount of art. So then what happens at least from my perspective is if you attract an opportunity for you to suffer, mm. you know? So once we, they kind of get to you, they're like, okay, now what do I do? So do you tell me a little bit about your process of how you help people actually walk them through some of these like mindsets, some of these beliefs, like some of these things that you help people unravel. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the biggest things to start with is to just like do a check-in almost of like, how are you feeling in these areas of life? Like, how are you feeling in your personal life, in your health and wellness, in your business, uh, in your finances, like doing a check-in in every single area. And oh, I'm a big fan of like brain dumping, <laughs> especially when you're trying to manage time. And that's, you know, a big part of where I started. But brain dumping is so helpful to just literally like word vomit, brain dump, here's how I'm feeling. Here's like my to-do list. Here's what's stressing me out in each area. And then you can start to see like what what are the themes or the trends or what are the big places where you're starting to hold stress or you're starting to worry about what is going on. And I also notice it then a lot in just conversation. Like we'll talk through that and I'm a very solution oriented. Like my brain works in kind of a weird way where I, I'm extremely creative, if I do say so myself, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, I'm a musician, like, yes, I'm creative, I will always be creative, and there's something in my brain that is very much like, okay, we're gonna take this problem, we're gonna put it into boxes, we're gonna see what's, how we can find the solution here, and usually, if you're talking to someone, and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not making money, and these are my prices, and, I just, I don't know how to grow my business. Like if I were to come in and just say, okay, well, here's some easy fixes. We can raise your prices. We can do a group program. We can help you scale so you can make more money in less time and yada, yada. Usually from there, you're going to get the sort of like, oh, I don't think I can charge that much. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if I can do that. And it it makes itself obvious pretty easily most of the time, (laughs) at least through people who are willing to share and are coachable. But, you know, those are the only kinds of people that I take on as clients. It's really about seeing what is coming up when you're in those conversations. And I think seeing what's coming up when you're also setting a vision for the future. Because if you start to picture yourself, like if you're a musician, you start to picture yourself 
making money or you're a coach and you start to picture yourself full time in your business and sustaining that way, like how does it feel and what comes up that makes you feel restricted or feels like, oh, I can't do that because, or, oh, I don't feel confident doing this thing that's going to allow me to get there. And then that's where we like start to nip those things in the bud and get back to the root cause of why is that? What's the story there? How do we rewrite that story so that you can move forward and not have that be a block in the road? Yeah, because, well, and it's like, I think more often than not, it's, I think it's often labeled as like excuses or whatever, but it's like, it literally can feel painful and like gut wrenching to people to tell them their prices. Like, yeah. I, I would say I get more like Voxer messages from my clients, like, oh, I've got a sales call or, oh, I've got like these types of things, especially with people who are more in that industry of like an, an artistic industry where their talents is what they're being paid for, mm, their gifts. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, how do we teach people that that does not have to be the norm anymore? Yeah. What's That's interesting it. too, is I feel like a lot of coaches, it's almost like an overcorrect you know, oh, you're charging $50. Well, now you have to charge $500. And even to be an extreme example, it might be, oh, you're charging $200. Well, now you have to charge $1,000 or $3,000. And, um, or think about, oh, you're making this much, much a month and you want to make, you're making a thousand and you want to make 10,000 a month. The jump is like too big. And I'm not saying it's not doable, I'm saying it's too big often for people to wrap their heads around actually executing and accomplishing next month, the month after that, you know, like work, you have to work towards that big goal. And I think not always, but a lot of times if you're trying to be like, okay, I'm making a thousand, but everyone's saying I should make 10,000. I'm just trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. It's like we can't actually get behind that 10,000 yet because right now it feels impossible to even make 2,000 or 3,000. So how are you going to make 10,000 when you're when you really just feel comfortable like the next steps 2,000 or 3,000 and then energetically it's like you can't get behind that so you're not actually attracting in what you would want or need to make that happen. I'm getting super woo woo here. I know it's like the energetic You're in good, you're in good company. You're in good. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I like so I think a lot of people and or coaches will overcorrect of just being like, oh, okay, we're just going to slash this and we're just going to change it to that. You were doing this and now you're going to do this. Got it? Good. Go do it. And the the client is like, um... They haven't even swallowed it. They're like, I'm sorry, that pill is way too big to swallow. Exactly. You break it up into like little pieces. Exactly. Exactly. Now, every person and every client is different, but that I feel is... It's like the coaches, meanwhile, and I'm, you know, I'm not even suggesting everyone works like this or, you know, I'm superior in the way I coach, but that's just something that I noticed as someone who's coached and has been coached that sometimes it doesn't all, it's not always as simple. You know what I mean? Like it's easy for someone to take their own experience and just like apply it to theirs. It's easy to say, oh, we're just going to jack up the prices and you're good to go. But when somebody has an emotional connection, an emotional block, a mindset block behind these things, it, we need to address what's actually going on there. And we need to acknowledge that like sometimes you can raise the price, but if you raise the price and you can't get behind that price, you're still not going to show up to pitch. So what good is it? You yeah. know, I always call that like, um, 
it's like um, this description I always give is kind of like a rubber band. You need like a safe stretch. You need something that feels expansive, right? And if a rubber band is warm, right, it's new, it's kind of been stretched out little by little by little, it will stretch and hold. Yeah. But if it's cold outside and it's dry and you open it up to the fullest, it snaps. Yeah. It's not actually prepared for that growth and expansion. This is the same reason as why like a lot of people that win the lottery and stuff don't keep any of the money. They're not an energetic match for it. So yeah. if you still, like you're saying, don't believe that this, that you're a match for this, you're not going to attract people that are a match for paying that price. Yeah. And it's like, it, it is a, like kind of a, a pill to swallow, so to speak. So like, is that kind of your process is you do like incrementally, like, okay, we've got, we work on our mindset. Okay. Now like prices is kind of your next thing is what you do. It really depends because my clients do kind of like span a broad spectrum of what their businesses look like. So when I work with clients one-on-one, for instance, my process is very much just meet them where they're at. So some people will come to me needing like a full business overhaul. Some people, it's like a very clear solution that they're on board for, but they just sort of need the strategy behind them to do it. So in that sense, it depends. But I think that like the biggest things that I always, always check in with my clients on right off the bat are like, what is your strategy now? What's working? What's not working? What is your mindset and viewpoint around it now? What's working and not what's not working? You know, do you feel confident? Do you not feel confident? Do you feel like there's a block around money? Do you not? You know, that that kind of thing. Um, and when we talk about strategy, really keeping in touch with how does that feel? Like, does that strategy feel aligned with you? Because again, it's not just like a one size fits all thing. I even have a program specifically around launching with another industry coach, Brie Noble, and we help music teachers and music coaches launch their programs. But, and we teach a system, but within that system, there's variations, there's choices, there's options, there's inspiration, because it's not just like do this and then you're done. It's everything has to be in alignment with you because if you're just forcing yourself to do things it doesn't work i would know i like i've been there done that it doesn't work when you just try to force yourself so those strategy mindset checking and then from a burnout standpoint it's also like you know are you feeling insanely stressed or overwhelmed with what's on your plate right now why is that what do we need to adjust or are you you know able to manage and handle everything so those are like the three big check-ins that i do but yeah i think like i i Again, every client's going to have their own sort of uh, things that they need support with first and foremost or, you know, as they go along. But uh, money is always a thing that comes back. Always, always, always. <laughs> with every client sometime or another. <laughs> where, where do you think this belief around not being paid for your gifts comes from? I think it... I think that part of it comes from the hero's journey. I've been thinking about this lately, Mm -hmm. actually. And that especially is true when it comes to, like, promoting yourself. But I think sometimes it's a matter of just, like, oh, I love doing it. And I'm so used to working this crappy job that I hate and feel shitty in. So to be able to, like, get paid performing or coaching or whatever it feels almost too good to be true. And I feel like I'm not worthy of that. And I feel like I shouldn't get paid for that. So that's like a worthiness thing. And also just maybe like a very corrupt perception that we as a society have as to like 
how we should be living our lives and like the fact that we think it's normal to just like feel really terrible and work terrible jobs every day all the time and whatever so like when the when we have the option to potentially not do that it feels like it's impossible because it doesn't seem like it's a real option but I think that this idea of the hero's journey this has been really sitting with me lately because I think that you, the hero's journey is something that you hear about a lot. It's in all of our movies, all of our media. It's everywhere. Of like, you have this person who has this struggle and they want to get to this goal and they need to like overcome this struggle and then reach the goal. And it feels good to the person and to us as the viewers because there was a journey to get there. There was a struggle to get there and they had to overcome it. And in a lot of ways, I think that Again, we are seeing this everywhere. In, and even like marketing coaches will teach yeah. this, you know, in your content, do the hero's journey. I was here and then I went there. Heck, I've used it before. I use it. And so I'm not saying that in itself is inherently bad, but I wonder if in some ways we're internalizing it in a way that's <coughs> serving us, meaning that we're making it or people are making it out to be like, in order to reach my goal as the hero, I need to suffer. Yeah. I need to go through this hard thing. I need to overcome something. As opposed to just looking at it like, is it possible that maybe you just like this thing and honed your gifts? You like this thing, you got education. You had this question, you learned about it. Maybe you did have a struggle and you overcame it, but it wasn't a struggle that you sat in and like wallowed in. But a lot of people on the hero's journey just get stuck in the struggle part and like elongate the struggle part. Because in some ways it's easier to just like keep staying in the struggle as opposed to working to get out of it and actually reach the goal. Yeah. Well, and even like you saying that, I'm like, when you think about it, um, we connect over complaining essentially like oh my god yeah like so that and that it was a very not rude awakening but a very like aha moment of I went and got like my nails done or something like that at one of the salons that I used to work at um and being out of that industry for a while now I was like because even being in in that type of salon I had my own space for a while so it, it didn't have the same like dynamic of you know when you're in the the main floor or whatever yeah yeah and it's like it's literally just listening to everybody complain everybody yeah and it's like oh yes I had that happen to me or that happened to my blah 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 and it's like we relate if we rely so much on relating over struggle yeah and this is why I think people often feel like people who are really successful or a lot of money are kind of stuck up a lot of times they're not relating to their struggles to one another they're actually bonding over success and that feels threatening that feels like okay they have all this and they're bragging or they're too good for us it's like no they're just not choosing to relate to you and and relate to constantly only the struggle not to say that that part doesn't exist not and not again why do we have to identify it and be like oh but i overcame it then you're always going to find things that you have to overcome in order to have something. Why can't you just have it? Yeah. And what's really interesting about that too is that in terms of marketing yourself, especially as coaches, it's like we do use these tools. Like you want to use tools of relatability, storytelling, et cetera, when you are speaking to your clients because 
obviously, if you're working with someone, you're doing it because they want to get from point A to B. And the way that they can start to see themselves working with you is, yes, by education, but also showing them this person had a similar journey or, you know, I overcame this or I know how you felt. It doesn't have to be this way. And so it's a very interesting dynamic. And I, I love the conversation we're having because I don't think it's all bad. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because we don't want to discount the reality of life that like sometimes you do have struggles or you do have things that you want to, you need to learn more about to have success. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be, the main point is like, you don't want to be just like staying in that space. You want to get help. You want to be able to share, like I was here, now I'm there. And you want to be able to get the support that you need or the education that you need or whatever it is to move past that. But when it becomes an issue is when you just like basically take on the victim mindset and you're just like, oh, this sucks. That sucks. Everyone's against me. This never stops. The cycle never ends. Well, why is that? Like, is it because you're only surrounding yourself with people who complain? Is it because you're never getting help? Is it because you're not trying anything new? Like, likely, if nothing's changing, it's because nothing's changing. Yeah, because nothing's changing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and I find that a lot, especially because um, when I first started my online business, it was all like personal training and yoga. And it, people would be like, well, I don't even, I eat pretty healthy. And I was like, okay, send me, I want you to track everything for one day of what you eat, dressings, dips, everything. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me that they eat so healthy and they don't eat that much. And I was like, you eat 4,000 calories a day. Yeah. You do just because you have lettuce or a salad that is a 1500 calorie salad for one meal. Yeah. Which is fine, but you also have a 1500 calorie breakfast and you know, and so it's like people's awareness of like, Oh, I just, you know, I, I just was eating. I don't know why nothing's changing because you literally are changing nothing. Yeah. You're just telling yourself that you are, but not actually doing any actions that, indicate that you're doing anything different. And I have a lot of clients who have, who experience this, um, struggle for lack of a better word, but I would just say experience this thing that happens when they do make a change. And when they do decide they're going to charge more and they're going to raise their prices and they're going to commit to their business and they're not going to just stay broke forever. And they get a coach and basically they go through this transformation. They start to notice that the people around them, their fellow musician colleagues, their friends in general, even maybe their family, the people who are around them, suddenly you have this awareness of like, oh shit. Yeah. All these people do is complain. They're committed to staying broke. Like I remember a client telling me like, it's really sad now to see my friends. I'm sharing like, hey, why don't you raise your, raise your prices? Or hey, it's possible for you. And they just cannot see it they cannot accept it they refuse to see it as a possibility and it can it can be really disheartening at first when you're going through the transformation to really start to see the people around you are you know at at whatever you want to call it negative lower frequency or just not as aware or simply just like not at the same place as you just anymore because choosing to stay where they're at like choosing yeah. that they yeah. see the struggle that they complain about it but choosing to stay there and you're not and you're yeah. moving forward and not only is it an, an awakening that can be both positive and negative because then sometimes it's sad to see oh these friends who I once really related to I no longer can feel as if I relate to them anymore because 
I don't want to be the person who's around people who complain. I don't want to complain. I don't want to be broke. I don't want these things that they are still choosing to believe. And as we know, like you can't force people to change. So the best you can do is just show up and provide support when it's asked for, but you, you can't force people to like come up with you. Um, you know, you can support them through it, but you can't force them. And so it can be kind of like heartbreaking in some ways, but also it really can show you like, all right, who do I want to be surrounded with? Because I don't want to be complaining all day and that's all they're doing. And like, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, it's a very interesting experience when that starts to happen with, you know, every time you kind of up level, but like, you'll notice, oh, maybe I need to cut people out of my life or this friendships run its course or this, that, or the other thing, because you're not always on the same path as, as other people. And uh, especially when it comes to money and especially when you start to realize like I refuse I went through this too when I was like I had a lot of health uh struggles and I went to started going to like a functional functional medicine doctor and I've been doing this health journey for years because I was basically like I refuse to accept that I have to be on allergy medication and still feel sick from allergies all year round for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not, this is not it. This is not my reality. This is not what's going to happen. Absolutely not. But people around me, oh, it's just genetics. Oh, it's just, the, it's just the weather. It's always going to happen. You're always going to have it. It is what it is. I'm like, fuck no. I don't care what you say. That is not my reality. But you start to see like, all right, well, they're never going to believe this or they're not going to believe it right now. But what can I do besides just start to talk to people who understand what it's like and who are going on this journey with me and who are willing to do it? Did I cut my family out? No. Did I, because they said that I was going to have allergies? No, I still talk to them. Yes. (laughs) They still have allergies. I still have allergies, but we're working on it. But like, I acknowledge like, all right, it's fine if you're not there, but I'm also not going to like spend all my time talking about this with you only for me to feel shitty about it after right. I felt brought down when I want to go up. Yeah. Well, and it's like, okay, choosing like, and even like you're saying, like there, it can be, it can be okay for relationships to run their course for friendships to run their course. And like, I think some of the, the kind of artist idea is like, when you think about if you feel like, okay, I always have to struggle for money. I always have, you know, all of these things the, that, that, you're going to surround yourself with the people that feel the same. Mm-hmm. And so like you were saying, like, as you start to move away from that, you start to see and become more aware. And it's like, you don't have to say, I'm never going to talk to you again, but you do have to choose. I'm not going to entertain those conversations. Yeah. And a lot of times, right. Like they only want those conversations mm-hmm. so that that relationship will naturally dissolve because you no longer fulfill and energetically like vibrate the same essentially yeah you're like hey i'm not like you want to start complaining i I have you know i've known people friends stuff like that i'm like i'm just gonna navigate the conversation in another direction yeah and i had one client i kid you not it was a it was a joke for me it was fun for me it was not so fun for her (laughs) but she would complain about everything and so i would be like okay well but you know not not gaslighting, not, not, you know, negating her experience. Positivity, yeah. 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 And not this like, yes, thank you. Like toxic positivity, but she would be like complaining about her husband and blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, but didn't you just say like he, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really great that he, you know, does that for you yeah. as well. Like, you know, we're not all perfect, you know, just kind of like shedding light of a different perception yeah. on it. Like, well, it could have, could have gone like this. It could have, this could have happened this, you know, he, blah, 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 whatever it was, because it got to a point for a long time, I didn't say anything. And then it became this game of like, how quickly is she going to turn it to a negative? Like how quickly it was honestly like six seconds. Mm-hmm. It no long, like we could not talk about anything that was good for her for longer than six seconds. And I was like, and it's time to quit. It's time to quit you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, you have to recognize like those people you're like, I can't anymore. I literally feel like you put a wet blanket on me in a hundred percent humidity, a hundred degrees outside, like not interested too hot for that. I think a lot of people experience this. I know I did myself too. Like when you decide that you're going to make a change in any capacity, I know I experienced it obviously with health, health. And when I decided I was going to start my own business, Sometimes people just don't get it and that's okay. Like I said, as they see you continue on your journey, they'll start to get it or maybe they won't and it is what it is, but usually they will. But I find that boundaries are so important to like protecting your energy and your mindset because again, like for instance, when I started my business, my mom who had owned a business with my dad that they shut down was very much just like, are you sure? I don't think this is a good idea. Like, you, should, you know, get a real stable job kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like most parents would. And she was saying that just out of fear and protection for me. Not because she didn't believe in me, but more so just because she wanted to make sure I was like financially secure and stable and not, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. But for me, I really couldn't have conversations about my business with her anymore. Like I had to put that boundary because I was like, I don't want to every time I bring up something I'm excited about or I feel confident about, have you say, okay, but, okay, well, this, you know, doesn't it mean that? Or what about this? Or are you sure of this? Like, I didn't want to go through that. And again, her intentions are pure. Like, it's just, she wants to protect her kid. But for me, I knew, like, I've got it. I'm good. I don't need you to be afraid for me. I'm not afraid for myself. And because of that, I'm recognizing that having this conversation around money or, like, around my business strategy is not going to be effective or fulfilling in any capacity. It's only going to make me feel frustrated or rejected simply just because of the dynamics and where we're both coming from. So I need to set my own boundaries and I need to not talk about it and I need to not bring it up. Or if it comes up, I need to, you know, restate the boundary or just like move the conversation in a different way just because it doesn't make sense for me to like have this energetic drain on myself when I know it's not going to serve me. Well, that's I like, and that's the interesting thing is I think boundaries for people always feel like I have to set a boundary. Like I need to, but it's like, when you recognize like most people are like, like parents or whatever are giving you their advice based on their own experience. Yeah. Based on their own perception, based on their own thing. When you set a boundary and say, this is not available to me, you allow them to keep their perception. You just don't make it yours. Exactly. Exactly. It has nothing to do with like being mean to them. And like, yeah. It's like, no, it's, yeah. it's actually very loving to be like, I love myself enough to say, this is mine that is yours and that's okay the end and sometimes it's also not like this huge deal of 
I have to set a boundary. Like the boundary is really internal. I don't think she knows about it. It's just internal for me that I don't bring it up. Well, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode because then she's going to know you set a boundary. (laughs) She'll probably be like, yeah, I figured as much. (laughs) But I mean, like, I I think that everyone, like you said, it makes it seem like this big scary thing. You have to go set the boundary. No, just if you don't want to talk about this thing with this person, don't bring it up. And if they're bringing it up over and over, then yeah, maybe you need to say something because you maybe can't keep dodging the conversation. But like, if I don't bring it up, then I don't bring it up. Because the, the thing is that if I were to keep bringing it up, it also would be coming from a place of me just, like, pushing for validation. You know right. what I mean? I know what the response is going to be, but why am I going to keep trying over and over and over again to try to make it something different? You know what I mean? Like, it... it and obviously, over time, this has changed and shifted a lot. It's not like it's this situation has stayed stagnant. But I'm just using it as an example of, like, at the beginning when I started my business, this was the circumstance. And so I realized, like, okay, she doesn't get what it's like to, like, have an online coaching business. Why would she? She doesn't understand what it's like to, like, invest in a coach. Why would she? she you know what I mean? Like, different generations, different experiences. So... I'm not going to expect her to understand it. And I'm also going to know that maybe I keep these conversations to the people who do understand it right now. And she can watch me grow this. And then, you know, we can expand the conversation or the relationship like from there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's okay to keep things private. It's okay. Like, don't have to share everything. You know, it doesn't have to be a hard, like, like, again, guys, like chill out. It's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. You can literally just be not having the conversation. It can exactly. really just be like, Hey, I I actually don't want to talk about business at all today, mom. Like I'm, I'm business totally. out. Totally. That is a boundary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? So, uh, so, so good. I feel like we could just like keep going on and on about all the really great things that artists need. Like, I feel like biggest, biggest takeaway is that again, that the starving artists, the things like, like those are all beliefs. And when you look into that and you, have people in your corner like Katie or myself or something like that. Like you actually have people to support you in growing through that and actually adopting beliefs that feel so yes. much better, so much more expansive, so much more aligned with who you are, what you want, your purpose, all those types of things. So tell everybody where they can find you um, and all, all the goodies. So I'm on Instagram at Katie Zaccardi. My website is katiezaccardi.com and I have a podcast called The Out To Be Podcast. Um, All that's on my website too, but those are the three main places I'm hanging out. So come reach out. Let me know your takeaways from this episode. I know we were basically just having like a conversational jam session. So (laughs) we're the best. Those are the best. I know. I'm like, I could share my mindset tips, but this is way more fun to just talk about like the reality of how all of this happens and why it's happening and all of that stuff. So yeah, let me know what you uh, thought about this episode. I would love to hear from you on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm hanging out. Thank you so, so much. I always like to end with one question. You have three seconds, you're in an elevator and you have like, are just going to the next floor and you have three seconds to tell somebody the secret to life. What is it? Oh my God. Three seconds, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, do what you want to do and not what anybody else tells you to do. Good. That was only two seconds. You still have one. <laughs> so good. But it really, it, I know it seems, seems so simple, but it, it truly is like the, the, the best things that are actually needed in life and stuff like that are that simple. So thank you so much, Katie, for being here. 
Everyone, if you loved it, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, tag us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, cheers. Bye.